Hello there, this is Crystal, and you're listening to the Crystal Archive podcast. Welcome to the Crystal Archive Podcast, episode number 37, recorded on January 10th, 2016. I'm your host, Mr. Crystal, and I just wanted to point out that that intro song was a bit different from what we normally have. That was a song called Montserrat by Bajafando Tango Club, a French uh, group who does a lot of jazz. And that song is a little bit special to the Crystal Archive, although I don't think I've mentioned it before. Because that was that that song, along with the rest of the songs on that album, was what I listened to over the Christmas and New Year's break that I originally created the Crystal Archive some ten years ago, two days ago. And on January eighth, we celebrated the tenth anniversary of the Crystal Archive. Uh, this represents the longest running project of my entire life, and as a thirty-year-old, I've been running this site for a third of my life. So what a momentous achievement that this this website has continued to exist and grow over the past 10 years and will continue to do so. I have a lot more to talk about uh, where we're going and also my thoughts on the, the site and the achievement of reaching 10 years. But before that, um, since this is the first podcast of 2016, I thought it would be appropriate to take the entire year of 2015 and look at it as a series of events. So this is my look back at the year 2015 in terms of the Crystal Archive, Crystal News, and, of course, Star Fox News, which is pretty related. So, let me start off by saying that 2015 was drenched in anticipation Super Smash Bros. for the Wii U was released in late 2014 with a Mewtwo DLC on the way. Many speculated that the, that the DLC characters of all sorts would be coming to Smash Bros. Uh, no one knew who, but we Crystal fans, we were quite excited about the possibility, having, been, having not seen her in Super Smash Bros. Brawl a few years earlier. Since E3 2014, where Mr. Miyamoto teased the Wii U's Star Fox game, fans had also been wondering what sort of game that this new Star Fox game would be like, and where would it fit within the timeline of the rest of the Star Fox universe. Throughout the year, Mr. Miyamoto held interviews about this new game, but kept most of the details a secret, saying that it would be playable in 2015's E3 present, uh, show and presentation. Now, that's the setup from late 2014. So with that, let's go into January of 2015. First, Star Fox Event Horizon, the fan game by Undying Nephilim, continued to be developed, and he released a tutorial level and many new missions in uh, some new demos. Although podcast number 34 wasn't the first podcast to, re to, re to feature live video. It was the first one that I released as an edited video podcast on YouTube, as opposed to just recording it and streaming the live video, but actually releasing just the audio. Now, it was a lot of work to get that thing edited, and that explained to me why so few people actually do video podcasts. But, with the live broadcast being sent out on December of 2014, it took until January for me to edit it and finally post it as a video version. I would later post the audio version of episode 34 in February. In October 2014, while attending another convention, it was a brony convention, I realized that I could probably do a pretty good crystal-related panel at a fur con, and knowing that Ayano, 
a Crystal cosplayer, would be attending as well, I decided to do a video presentation with a live audience for the podcast episode number 35 at Furry Fiesta 2015. I began preparing months in advance for what would be the largest single reveal of Crystal News in history. That brings us to February of 2015. Just before the panel, Ayano was staying busy, attending Japan's Wonder Festival in her new Star Fox Assault jumpsuit, its first public appearance. In January or in February 14, 2015, Valentine's Day, Star Fox Assault officially celebrated its 10th anniversary. On February 20th, 2015, I did my first panel, complete with a live audience at Furry Fiesta. We live-streamed the event, but unfortunately the sound didn't get set up correctly, and so while the video stream was live, most of the videos at, uh, the viewers at home could not see or hear anything, and as a result, most of them turned, tuned out, unfortunately. They would have to wait for the final video, video release on YouTube after it had been edited, which I'll talk about in a little bit. The panel featured Ayano as a special guest who posed for photos with fans and showed off some of my Star Fox collectibles uh, for the uh, audience members. As for the actual content of the panel, which was recorded in episode 35 for your viewing pleasure, and I highly recommend you do watch that video if you haven't already, this represented months of work with the Dolphin emulator. That was the big reveal. I showed off dozens and dozens of clips of 1080p, 60 frame per second, cutscenes from Star Fox Adventures, complete with translated Saurian subtitles, along with their English versions, right underneath. I figured out a huge amount about the Fox to Crystal code in Adventures, which allowed me to get over a dozen cutscenes with Crystal replacing Fox, again in 1080p, 60 frames per second. I also featured some funny moments in my research that led to some interesting glitches, such as Crystal jumping up and down really fast, or the camera pointing at the wrong place at the wrong time, or in one case, uh, Fox being com completely replaced by a multicolored box as he ran around the world in, uh, in uh, Thorntail Hollow. You can see those in the presentation. As for Salt, I can get those cutscenes, but as I said in the panel, they will require a lot more work before they're ready because of some text glitch issues. Some source code on the net allowed me the ability to rip the sound effects and voice acting audio from Assault, some 3,000 plus tracks in both English and Japanese. This was the first time, after many years of hoping and trying, that we were actually able to get the voice acting clips without any sound effects behind them for, from that game, from Star Fox Assault. And this represents a huge increase to the library of voice clips that we can add to the large amount of voice clips we have from Adventures and from Star Fox 64. With some clever modding tricks and the application to Super Smash Bros. Brawl, I was able to rip the cameo voice acting of Star the Star Fox team, including Crystal, from Brawl's levels that have Star Fox cameos. This was a bit of a genius thing, I think. It was a bit of brilliance on my part, where I was able to take the modding tools that are normally used to replace one song for another song or one sound effect for another sound effect in the game and simply replaced the sound effects and the songs with silence, resulting in the removal of all sound effects effectively except the ones that I was seeking to play back, namely the cameo voices. And so... I was able to get those cleanly. I finished off the emulation talk with some work by others who have been finding all kinds of hidden secrets throughout Star Fox Adventures source code. Stuff that Star Fox Adventures originally was going to be as a Dinosaur Planet game, including one very, very difficult and amazing hack where, he, where someone was able to get all the way to the end of the promo disc and there was an actually a partially complete General Scales fight, which is something that never made it into the final game. It represents a completely new part of the gameplay. The panel also had a surprise appearance of Eggman, the admin of the Crystal Lovers Association, a crystal-focused forum that predates even the Crystal Archive itself. After the panel, I uploaded the missing audio for those who want it, and then began in posting the HD cutscene videos I had promised.
Throughout Furry Fiesta, I followed Ayano around, and as she interacted with crowds and posed for pictures, Brian and I worked together and got several hours of footage, which would take us a very long time to edit. Ayano was showing off her new Star Fox Assault cosplay for the first time in America, and everybody loved it. During the panel, I asked for help subtitling the voice acting clips from Assault. A few days after I returned from the trip to Furry Fiesta, I put up a Google spreadsheet where volunteers could help subtitle all those clips. All the clips have since been subtitled, but I'm still working on cleaning up the data and formatting it for its final posting, which is coming soon, I promise. That does it for February. On to March of 2015. It took until March to get the whole panel edited in high quality. I overlaid the panel slides and videos onto the 1080p 60 frame per second footage of my beautiful visage talking about Crystal for an hour. Um, I cleaned up some sound issues and it resulted in a really great video. Again, if you haven't seen the video presentation of the Crystal Archive podcast episode 35, you really, really need to see it. It's the best crystal news video you'll ever see until you know i make the next one of course in a string of posts that lasted until the end of march i thinned out some of my backlog of emails about new crystal cosplayers uh, that i hadn't talked about before including Nelly, mancoin and some unknown cosplayer in france uh, in a french anime convention who did a crystal cosplay themselves Gray Firefox, an amazing 3D artist and animator who had disappeared years ago from the internet without so much as a word on where he was going or what was happening, suddenly reappeared um, on the internet under a new name, Cake Inferno. And he more or less declared that he was finished with Crystal Animations, which he cited was caused by some overzealous Star Fox fans who spent more time criticizing inaccuracies than focusing on the truly amazing animation work that he was doing. So he decided to jump to his own characters. But he did vow to finish up and send the remaining animations and pictures uh, that he had done of Crystal whenever he got around to it, and he continued to do so over the course of 2015. And as far as I know, he's sent every animation since then, as well as a few screenshots and there's very little left, as far as I know, that he has left that he hasn't uh, sent because it's not finished or is not ready to be presented. Uh, one thing I think is a, a different model, a slightly different model, and perhaps a few more screenshots, a few more renders. And that takes us to April, and as we all know, with April comes my favorite holiday of the year, April 1st, which start off with a genuine bang. Because, first, very early in the morning, as is my custom, I posted my annual April Fool's joke. This year, I claim to have been selected by Nintendo as the official fan liaison to the Star Fox community. Now, people actually did believe this, uh, which did have a nugget of truth because I have worked in the game industry. I do know some people who work for Nintendo, and I... Um, have actually, in in fact, been inside Nintendo's headquarters when I was a student at DigiPen. I've actually been inside Nintendo. I've looked at their company store, and I've seen their little museum of historical Nintendo artifacts right outside, and it was just a magical time. So I do have some in with Nintendo, but not the kind of thing where I'm actually an employee or a fan liaison, which... If you know anything about Nintendo, you should know they don't really have fan fan uh, liaisons. They just do what they want, and hopefully, usually, it's what the fans eventually desire. Although there have been some people this year who will, who will debate that fact. So we'll get into that in just a little bit, but let me continue. After that, that same day on April 1st, which is an odd marketing choice in my opinion, Nintendo chose to do a Nintendo Direct, a pre video presentation on April Fool's. But it was not a joke, not a joke presentation. It did not feature Star Fox news, as we had hoped, but it did announce brand new DLC for Smash Brothers and opened up something that no one thought they would do, a worldwide fighter ballot in which 
fans could go and vote for their favorite characters or their most wanted characters as a new fighter for the game of Super Smash Bros. Crystal fans and fans from all across every fandom immediately went nuts and started voting, and I certainly put in my vote for Crystal. Next, Ayano sent some historical artwork from 2006 interview with Takia Imamura, who was one of the main character designers in the Star Fox series back in Super NES days. Um, this artwork was featured in a, a magazine interview and it features Crystal in a kimono. It's very cute. Now, since Ayano was not able to bring her Gatling gun to the United States for fear that it might be confiscated by airport security, she had to leave the Gatling gun that she'd been working on in, in tandem with her Star Fox assault suit um, back in her home country. When she got back after Furry Fiesta, she sent photos of her hanging out with the gun in the full Star Fox assault costume. And you need to check out those pictures. Really epic. The gun spins and everything. Lastly in April, Undying Nephilim posted a third playable demo and a new trailer for the fan game Star Fox Event Horizon. In May, Brian was helping construct posts about several other Crystal cosplayers, again, trying to get through my backlog of old stuff that I need to post. We showed off some cosplays by several people, including uh, Twilight Productions, 1010 Exchino, and several cosplayers whose costumes were made by the So What Costumes Company. Uh, in the, t the 1080p 60 frame per second videos from the panel had been posted on YouTube almost immediately after the panel, but in May they became fully available for download load under in full quality, uh, the higher quality than YouTube allows, directly from the Crystal Archive. Also posted in May, the Brawl cameo voice acting without the background sound effects. Again, the stuff that I had discovered in the panel. Finally got around to posting that. Dylan Cuthbert, one of the main creators of Star Fox, the original Star Fox, one of the geniuses that figured out how to do 3D graphics on such low-end hardware, did a huge interview about Star Fox 2, noting, interestingly, that the leaked game is only about 50% of the final product, and that the final product, the 100% version of Star Fox 2, is actually finished, tested, and working, and is somewhere deep in Nintendo's servers, likely never to be released. And he knows this because he went, he went when they decided to cancel the game, they were about 90% done with the game, and they just figured, well, we'll just finish it up anyway. So they went ahead and they finished it, and they tested it, and they made sure it was done, and then they didn't release it. Much to our disappointment. However, he did pull it back out of the archives to, to try it again when he was building Star Fox Command, just to get the ideas flowing again. Now, Nintendo has said that they probably won't release this game ever, uh, but I think that just like, you know, there will, quote, never be a game with Sonic and Mario in the same game, I think this is one of those things that it will never happen, and then we just have to wait another six years, and then it'll happen. So who knows? I mean, they, we know that they have it, so that's going to be very interesting. After years of waiting, I final, finally buckled down and edited the Estelle Ellis interview. Talking about the first Crystal Voice actress and her time at Rare. It was an amazing interview. It's I'm just sad that it took me so long to edit it. Now, there's something that you won't hear in the interview, but the reason why it took so long is because it took a long time from her agreeing to the interview to actually having the time to do it because I ended up having to do the interview at about 2 in the morning to handle the time differences between America and Europe. But... Um, the reason why it took so long to edit is I was waiting on her to send me some voice clips because I had asked her if she would mind trying to do the crystal voice, do some of the lines for the podcast. She really wasn't prepared at the time, and so I was like, well, I'll just, I'll just wait. And unfortunately, never got those clips done. So I decided to edit the video in such a way that I, that I cut out the part where I was asking for those clips. And so I was able to move forward with the edit, finally released it this year, and it is a great interview. Now, as June approached, the anticipation for E3 began to get huge. And thus brings us to June of 2016. 
First, the new Star Fox game, Star Fox Zero, headlined E3, complete with Mr. Miyamoto, Mr. Awada, and Reggie Fizume as Star Fox puppets, in line with the original Star Fox uh, character art, which were actual puppets that they photographed. The game will be set in the same timeline as Star Fox 64, but they may, were very clear and very careful to say that this was neither a sequel, nor a prequel, nor a remake but was rather a, quote, reimagining, whatever that happens to mean. And there's still debate in the community about exactly what that means for the timeline. Some say alternate timelines. Some say kind of like a HD reimagining, uh, not to replace anything, but kind of like a, a spin-off prime version of the game, whatever. We won't know until the game comes out exactly what it means for the timeline, but I suspect not much at all. Um, because of some other factors that I'll mention in a little bit. Namely, Star Fox Command being re-released. Anyway, the graphics of Star Fox Command were clean, but relatively simple. The gameplay, though, that's where all the action is. It features traditional R-Wing flight, a landmaster with new flight capabilities, a walker transformation for the R-Wing, as seen in Star Fox 2, and a new drone-like craft that can release a tethered Rob-like robot that can go and interact with computers and hack and push buttons and stuff like that. The game will make heavy use of the gamepad. It's going to be essentially the game that makes the Wii U's gamepad screen actually make sense, much the way that um, Splatoon has helped in that fashion. Although you could conceivably play Splatoon without the uh, gamepad, uh, Star as far as we know right now, Star Fox Zero is not really playable without the gamepad, although I suspect they might add a mode where it is playable without it. Anyway, we also found out during E3 that Platinum Games, one of the great yet underrated studios, was announced as a major contributor to the game, most likely most mostly being in charge of building the boss battles in the game. And you can see it as they fight as you fight a giant uh, junk worm robot that the boss battles are going to be pretty large in scale in terms of large bosses and a lot of dodging and a lot of action sequences within the fight that with with traditional timing. It's not just shooting at weak points as the original Star Fox 64 game uh, did where they had yellow flashing weak points. There's going to be a little bit more strategy, it seems, in the boss fights, which I think is a good thing. Also during E3, we found out that Nintendo would re-release Star Fox Command for the Wii U Virtual Console at the end of June, and Star Fox Zero was on track for holiday of 2015. Meanwhile, Star Fox and Crystal fans, that's you guys, by the way, were freaking out about the lack of Crystal to which I, I had to put out many of your fires. Now I should point out that since this is set in the Star Fox 64 timeline-ish period, we would have expected to see, if we were going to see Crystal All, she would have been a 11-year-old girl, and she probably would not have left Serenia, her home planet, yet. So there's really no reason for Crystal to be in the game legitimately. Um, and so the fact that she's not in the game does not bother me. Now, what other people have said and some of the fans have said is that, hey, that means they're getting rid of Crystal, which is what they've said every single time a Smash game or a Star Fox game has come out that didn't feature Crystal. And I do not think that is the appropriate interpretation of game releases. Uh, that's just not how game developers think about their characters. And as I've said many times, Nintendo is not in the business of destroying their own commercial characters and um, copyrighted assets. I can think of no character that has been officially removed from any canon in any series in, of, that is owned by Nintendo. The closest thing I can think of is the final boss, Wart, from Super, Super Mario Bros. 2. But he was never written out. It's just that he hasn't appeared in a game since that game came out in, I don't know, 25, 26 years ago, something like that. He just hasn't appeared in any other game. That doesn't mean he's, you know, removed from the, the canon. It just means he hasn't shown up, which is completely reasonable in a Mario series. 
Anyway, that as an aside. Let's get to the end of June in which I was able to purchase Star Fox Command for the Virtual Console and then I posted a video review where I did a couple levels and talked about the game's general way of fighting and how it plays and encourage those who have not picked it up even if it's not the most favorite game in the Star Fox series you really should play it just to know about that alternate history at the end of the characters lifetimes that brought us to July of 2015 now halfway through July we got some very sad news about Mr. Iwata, president of Nintendo and a remarkable gaming figure all around. Well, he passed away due to some continued complications with his long-term health problems. The game industry would never fully be the same, and many expressed their support and marveled at his, at the time, unknown life accomplishments. For just a small example, he decided that he wanted to make a game like Pokemon Stadium where you could fight your Pokemon from your Game Boy cartridge on the big screen. And Nintendo did not really want to do that or they thought it was too hard, but they said, you know, if you can make it happen, then we'll make it happen or something to that effect. So, and this is what I've told, Mr. Iwata took like a week or a weekend, sat down and rewrote the entire battle system for Pokemon Red and Blue from scratch that was accurate to the original game running on the Nintendo 64. And he was able to do that in such a short time that, well, that was the hard part. Making 3D models and making them animate is relatively simple by comparison. And he did that in a week or a weekend or something, just a ridiculously small amount of time. It's remarkable. So we have him to thank that we even have a Pokemon Stadium series, a Pokemon Coliseum series. Um... Now, in late July, Brian posted his edited footage of Ayano at Furry Fiesta. We had been working together for months, uh, trying to edit each other's videos, because we had several hours of footage. We need to look through everything, make sure that um, certain people didn't show up and certain conversations were muted out for privacy reasons. So, it took me... It took, it took us both a long time, but his was edited much faster than mine. And um, I needed a little bit more. We, we agreed to kind of release them at the same time so that one would not overshadow the other. The problem is, is that his was done way before mine was. So I said, you know what? After a while, I said, okay, look, I'm tired of making you wait. You go ahead and post yours, and I'll finish mine up. So he posted his late June, or sorry, late July, and, and then I would continue to work on mine. Then on July 31st, Nintendo posted some Smash DLC that included a King K. Rule as a playable Mii Fighter costume, which reduced his chances on the Fighter Ballot, most people agreed. Now, King K. Rule was one of the main requests from the, from the Brawl era, era up there with Crystal, and if he's out, that seemingly brought Crystal's chances up a little bit. This brought us into August, where Undying Nephilim posted his fourth playable demo, this time featuring a crystal on a crystal flying on a uh, Saurian level, flying via a cloud runner. And it's a cloud runner like vehicle, but it's it's actually a, a, a literal pterodactyl dinosaur vehicle, if you will, as well as two new vehicles that were shown off in the trailers for Star Fox Zero. Now, with a few extra days of effort, I finally finished my video of Ayano at Furry Fiesto, both of them. One video featured all two and a half hours of the footage I, ca I captured, and the other was a 10-minute highlight video with some of my favorite moments, and I highly recommend you watch that video. It is hilarious. Now, some folks finally got around to translating some very old brawl interviews with Mr. Sakurai, the producer of Smash Brothers, where they asked him about Wolf as a fighter and what he thought of Crystal as being an included fighter in the game. It turns out that Crystal had been considered for Brawl, but was dropped because uh, she would take too long to develop and they were running out of time in their development uh, time for the game. However, Wolf was included only because of how similar he was to Fox and Falco and they could very quickly make a balanced character with a, with a roughly similar moveset, just with slight offsets, and get a complete character out of that. Whereas Crystal would have represented a completely different kind 
a fight mechanic. Star Fox Zero got its initial release date, finally, of November 20th, 2015, which also coincided with the release date for the Falco Amiibo. I finally posted my photos of Ayano from Furry Fiesta. Not that I had that many, since I was mostly videotaping the entire time. However, it was a f maybe a dozen, dozen and a half photos, very good photos of Ayano with her new assault suit. Ayano, not to be outdone, sent me a bunch of photos uh, that she took over the course of a couple of months in her home country. The first set that I featured showed off Crystal uh, visiting a an Inari, sh Inari shrine, which is the which is the fox god that the original Star Fox is based off of. And she also visited a horse farm and actually rode a horse uh, as Crystal. The second set showed off a brand new crystal suit, which she dubbed the Summer Suit. It features shorter, lighter blue fur and uh, a, a few other small details, such as toenails that are sewn directly into the fabric. And to show off the suit completely, she was wearing a bikini outfit. And notably, her tail was missing, but I suspect that was just a, a um, part of the completion project. You know, the, the suit had been finished, but the tail part hadn't been added yet. So anyway, we haven't seen much of that suit since then. And then the third set of photos that Ayano sent was Ayano as Crystal posing in a yakuta, which is a kind of kimono. Uh, and also this this set of photos featured in addition to the toenails actual fingernails now on the fabric which is an interesting thing to see because you're not used to seeing that on any kind of fursuit unless there are these giant uh, cartoonishly large claws on some fursuit feet but but um, Ayano's suit is a much more realistic take on the anthro and therefore it's very unusual to see those fairly realistic um, Claw, claw nails there. Anyway, there's lots of nice little details like that. I finished up this series of posts about Ayano by adding some information about her future plans. First, she has a Twitter now where you can see posts that she often posts about her costumes, not just Crystal, but a couple of others, and as where she places some cute photos. Uh, with as as crystal about world events such as e3 and various other things we also revealed that she's working on a star fox command suit that she hoped to have ready for 2016 she also confirmed that she would be attending next year's to uh further confusion 2016 now that was back in 2015 so this year's technically furry f uh further confusion 2016 which is going to be held in San Jose, California, January 14th through the 18th. So uh, I think next week, or yeah, the end of next week is where we'll start to see some stuff from her. Unfortunately, I will not be able to attend that convention, hopefully next year, but Brian and a few other people from the site will be there and will be there to take photos and videos, which we'll be able to post on the site as soon as we get them. And that brings us into September of 2015. Halfway through September, we started talking about the final chances to vote for Crystal in on the Smash Brothers fighter ballot. Many people got the word out. I'm told that the Miiverse was full of fan artwork encouraging people to vote for Crystal, and I thank all those who, did, who put forth that kind of effort to do that. That's a completely different audience I didn't even think to talk to, about it. So good on you for thinking of that. The last podcast before this, episode 36, was released around this time too. In that podcast, I talked about the E3 showing of Star Fox Zero and the amount of freaking out that the Crystal fans were having at the lack of Crystal. I also talked about, in that episode, some future plans for the site, including the use of VPS, Virtual Private Server, SVG, Scalable Vector Graphics, HTTPS, the secure version of uh, the Internet Protocol, Transfer Protocol, and other speed-ups to the site that I was going to work on. I also mentioned that I had obtained a 3D printer, and I talked about its potential to build crystal-related uh, props, such as her staff. 
Immediately after that, Mr. Miyamoto, with much apprehension, announced, unfortunately, that Star Fox Zero would be delayed until 2016 in order to have the time necessary to really polish the game. This was actually somewhat expected by us, the fans, after they had delayed the Zelda Wii U game until 2016, a few months prior. Ayano got to attend the Tokyo Game Show, Japan's E3-like event, hoping to run into some Nintendo people. Unfortunately, Nintendo does not attend that convention, nor have a booth. But she did still manage to get lots of photos in her new and improved Star Fox Assault suit, which now looks super shiny and drops the, uh, the backpack-like structure that was originally posted on her back. This brings us to November of 2015, where we saw the teaser site for Star Fox Zero get updated with lots of new images and what looks like more detailed character models, going for a slightly more realistic and furry look than before. We also found out, unfortunately, that rwinglanding.net, one of the longest-running and largest Star Fox fan sites and forums, dropped off the face of the internet on November 3rd or 4th. It looks like it finally succumbed to the apathy of its own owner. Then, a Dinosaur Planet animated series project started up, with calls from animators and artists. The goal of this series is to create a fan-made episodic show about the original storyline of Dinosaur Planet prior to its conversion to a Star Fox game. Nintendo did they, their first Nintendo Direct presentation since Mr. Iwata's passing on November 12th. It showed off some improved-looking Star Fox Zero footage and announced the new release date, April 22nd, 2016. So, right there at the beginning of the year. Also, Significant in the Direct, the Nintendo Direct, was the announcement of Cloud Strife from Final Fantasy VII as a playable fighter in Super Smash Bros. The Direct ended with a tease for a final Smash Bros. focused Direct later in December. Fans everywhere went nuts because this would have to be the place where the winners of the fighter ballot would have to be announced. Nintendo also released a bunch of game renders for Star Fox Zero, as they often do after presentations and, and conferences. But they included some really odd choices, like site assets and some images that had been way overcompressed, despite having a relatively large resolution. Now, even though Star Fox Zero was delayed, the Falco Amiibo came out on time November 20th. In America, the Amiibo was released as a Best Buy exclusive. I bought two, one for myself and one from a friend of mine who really likes Falco. Later in that day, I posted about the Star Fox Lilat Legacy comic as something to read uh, that's Star Fox related since we wouldn't be playing Star Fox Zero that day. Now, unfortunately, that was just happened to be the day that Leyes, the, the guy who made the comic, decided to take the comic down, citing a desire to work on original projects and not spend so much time on fan projects. Since then, he has said that he would probably eventually post what little of the comic that had been already finished somewhere else. But for now, he has no, continue, no plans to continue working on the comic in terms of new pages. Dan Sweeto, uh, a relatively popular YouTuber, sent a message on Twitter a while back asking Mr. Yusuke Hashimoto, the Platinum Games director and co-developer of Star Fox Zero, if Crystal would make an appearance in Star Fox Zero. He confirmed that she would not appear in the game, as we expected given the timeline, but expressed that he would be happy to include her in a sequel if they were ever to end up making one. On November 23rd, most of the internet suddenly realized that he had made this statement, and that's when it appeared on several Nintendo news pages, including the Crystal Archive. And that brings us to December 2015. On December 2nd, we all jumped in a chat room to watch the stream of the Game Awards 2015 together. We were hoping for some exclusive news, like last year's reveal of Zelda Wii U gameplay and talk about the new Star Fox. Nothing came of it as far as news goes, but there was a touching tribute to Mr. Iwata. Ayano continued to post interesting things on her Twitter, including photos of herself as Crystal, 
holding a sandwich and a Falco amiibo. Lucas JG1994 did a musical cover of the theme that plays when Crystal gets trapped in a crystal at the beginning of the Star Fox Adventures game, which was made available for download in multiple formats so that others might remix the song or play it in their own way. We also included sheet music and guitar tabs for that song. The final Smash Direct was announced to take place on December 15th. We all got together and set up another chat room so we could watch the stream together. Early on that same day, however, an update containing cloud assets was released, and hackers managed to find a Geno Me fighter hat, leading some to speculate that Geno was coming as a, fight as a playable fighter, and others to speculate that he'd been deconfirmed and it would simply be a Me fighter costume. The Direct took place, and to everyone's surprise, it was announced that there could be only one winner of the fighter's ballot. I had assumed it would be around three or so. The winner was announced to be Bayonetta, who had tremendous support throughout Europe and the rest of the world. Also announced was Corrin, the dragon-human hybrid from the new Fire Emblem game. Crystal fans, as well as fans of many other characters throughout many different fandoms, were deeply disappointed, but we slowly came to realize, I hope, why these decisions were made. Also, Ayano posted an interesting photos of herself looking heartbroken at the loss of an opportunity to be a fighter in Smash Brothers. We ended off the year with a bittersweet note, with Ayano posting in a festive and adorable crystal costume. And I certainly hope that you all had a Merry Christmas and a Blessed New Year. Uh, and I made a post to, as such on the site on Christmas Day. Now, these are not taking place in December, but I wanted to mention a couple other notable events in 2015. Marcus Williams 700 uh, did a 3D print of a crystal mesh, possibly the first 3D print of crystal in the world, at least that I know of. I dusted off my vector editing, editing skills and created an SVG of crystal's thigh tattoo as accurate as possible to the implied design in the game. So it's a very beautiful, very symmetric um, spiral with the points going out of it in exactly the right format and shape that Crystal would wear if she was in high resolution. A rather interesting life-size posable crystal plushie was made by Scott Crawthon and it was featured on the site. Undying Nephilim once again redesigned Crystal's default appearance in his game Star Fox Event Horizon to be a more commando style, almost like a heavy weapons expert. Mando Pony, who is a very prominent brony musician, released an awesome song about Fox's relationship with his father James and, and the difficulties of living up to the expectations of a legendary figure who is your father. Twilight Gentoki posted some amazing videos manually forcing the emulated Star Fox Adventures to use specific meshes without changing their bones or behavior. So, for example, it would be the fox staff and uh, behavior, but the actual model was general scales or crystal or tricky or something like that. And the result is what I'd like to dub nightmare fuel because of how out of this reality weird it is. But it's pretty funny to watch. You should check it out if you haven't already. Now since then, since 2015, we've entered 2016, I've made a couple of posts. Just let me briefly mention them. I posted about the New Year's, the goal for 2016 to play and beat the original Star Fox for the Super Nintendo, which is something that I had never done before. So that's going to be one of my resolutions this year is to play and beat the new, I mean, sorry, the original Star Fox. Um... There was also a post about a surprise announcement that GameStop will be releasing an exclusive statue of Fox McCloud for, for $80. And now it's not an amiibo, but it is a high-quality, high-detail 8-inch figure of which there are only 5,000 in the world. Now, I ordered two, because partly because I can afford it, but mainly because I want to keep one in the box for collection reasons and then for... Uh, and then I want to keep another, take it out of the box for display because I want to. I actually want to display that in my apartment here, 
along with my other Nintendo stuff. And lastly, I wrote a celebratory post about the 10th anniversary of the Crystal Archive, which took place two days ago. And let me read, let me read you that post in its entirety. Uh, I actually wanted to have this podcast ready for that day to release on the 10th anniversary, but I didn't quite make it in time. So let me read that post for you real quick. Now it starts off with the Crystal Archive turns 10, and I have this amazing wallpaper of some of the work we've featured over the years. We On the left we've got um, high-resolution art from the original Star Fox Adventures, and then a render of Crystal trapped in the crystal from Gray Firefox. Then we have uh, Blackberry's Crystal Archive tribute fan art, and then lastly we have a photo that I took of Ayano in Dallas at uh, Furry Fiesta last year. These together represent many different facets of the Crystal Archive. We've got games and game art, we've got 3D renders, we've got fan art, and we've got cosplay all represented in this one image. And then at the bottom it says Crystal Archive and 10 years in giant blue and gold letters. And here's what I wrote. It's been 10 years. 10 years of Crystal news, games, art, cosplay, 3D renders, fan games, podcasts, interviews, chats, animations, plushies, uh, cutscenes, voice acting, events, stories, research, and of course, April Fool's jokes. Let's not forget... 10 years of memorable Star Fox, furry, gaming, and life events that have happened. This site has been around long enough to see a whole new generation of gamers discovering Crystal for the first time, as well as some sad memories of beloved fans and game creators alike who have passed on from this world. Through it all, the Crystal Archive lives up to its namesake, an archive never fading, celebrating our beloved Blue Vixen. Crystal an unlikely secondary character in a mildly successful game, has managed to draw the admiration, attention, and sometimes the gall of huge numbers of people from all over the planet. As we enter 2016, I wonder what new things will happen. What changes will we see? What news will we bring? One thing is for certain, however. The Crystal Archive will remain for as long as it is able. Thank you all for coming on this amazing journey with me. It has been my pleasure to bring you this site, its content, and in some ways, its community all these 10 years. I hope that you will stick around because I'm certainly not finished. There's much more to be done. Join me, won't you? Sincerely, Mr. Crystal. And indeed, it has been my pleasure to bring this site to you and post about things. And I hope to continue to do so as long as I'm able. And in the event that I'm not able, I still have plans to keep the site at least online as an archive, perhaps never updating, but at least there. There, so you can always go back and find it again to see what you've seen in the past. That was why I chose the name Crystal Archive in the first place. Something that would be an archive, something that would last. And so, so far, 10 years has been quite a milestone, and I have achieved that goal so far. I hope to continue to do so. That's 2015 and the news since last time in 2016. So, as is our custom, let's move on to what's coming, the new news that's coming after this podcast is released. In 2016, there's a lot of stuff I have planned to do. Let me talk about a couple of those things. First, HTTPS is coming. Now, HTTPS allows us to have that little green bar in the top left of the address bar, and that just means that when you receive stuff from crystalarchive.com, you can know with certainty that it came from me, that it's not being edited or modified somewhere along the path by some middleman or some nefarious hacker, but you can know with confidence that the site is secure and coming to you directly. I'm able to do this because... A new service was announced late last year that allows me to do HTTPS essentially for free. It was a relatively large investment before, and that's why I hadn't done it yet. But now that it's going to be free, and with some effort of my hosting company, it's probably going to be as simple as flipping a switch. I hope to flip that switch sometime this year whenever they get that feature ready to go. 
Next, I plan to redesign the site to make it quite a bit faster and have better performance on phones and tablets. I have lots and lots of different facets to that uh, goal, and it would take a long time to talk about each one of them, and I have talked about them before. So I'll just say that as I start bringing these features in, new themes, new image loading, etc., I will try and mention what I've changed in a post and on the podcast so you can see the gradual improvement over time. I also have several video projects planned, such as having my Fox and Falco amiibo fight each other until they reach level 50 together, and then po- and then fighting them against each other to see who is the better fighter, Fox or Falco. I think it'll be interesting. And if I'm any good at commentary, I'm going to see if I can comment, uh, I can I can commentate, I think that's the way you say it, commentate that fight. Should be funny and interesting, especially at the low, lower levels when Fox and Falco amiibos have literally no idea what they're doing. Now, I still need to restore all the historical pages and posts from before 2012 in our infamous hacking event. That message at the top there, at the top of every single, or not every single, at the top of the main page of the Crystal Archive is still there. After four years, it still says, we suffer a massive hack and data loss a few months ago. (laughs) More than a few months ago now. The site will be completely restored, but it will take time. Thank you for your patience. Now that thing has been on there way too long, and I'm sorry for that, and I need to fix it. And that means I need to buckle down and do the work that's necessary to bring those posts back. And that also means other things that we can bring back. Once that's done, we can get the things you really care about, which many of you have told me for years is the fan art section. And that is just a huge undertaking, and it's going to take a long time, but I do want to do it. I'm not giving up. It's just taking a long time. All right. I'm also almost done with the Star Fox Assault voice acting clips that I talked about during the presentation. I just need to clean those up, and they'll be ready to post soon. I need to record all of the Star Fox Assault cutscenes in HD to replace the old ones. Now, that's going to be a bit of a trick, because in HD at 60 frames per second, those things are going to be massive. It might actually use more bandwidth than I currently have available uh, for posting site materials. As such, I might have to start renting space in a slightly different way on my hosting provider. Um, so instead of paying a flat rate every month, I'll, play a, I'll pay a flat rate plus a couple bucks a month. So it's an extra 2 or $3 a month just to host those videos. So if you're thinking about donating, that's where a lot of the money is going to go. I need to do more research into the emulator stuff, especially the stuff that people are finding on Tumblr and other parts of the internet about these hidden assets in Star Fox Adventures source code talking about Dinosaur Planet and its music and its plot points and its gameplay and all that other stuff. Now, with the dis- disappearance of Arwinglanding.net and several other prominent Star Fox sites deteriorating, I've decided that I need to make a separate site, perhaps the Star Fox Archive, where I can post news and media. Now, it won't be comprehensive. This is not to replace the Crystal Archive, nor to be just a huge Star Fox site in the realm of these other uh, sites. It's just going to be what I can post of Star Fox. So Star Fox news and a bunch of media, stuff that I normally post on the sidebar bar under other projects, uh, like the uh, Star Fox Command, all the words, and the adventures, all the adventures voice acting, and all the Star Fox 64 voice acting, and all the Star Fox Assault voice acting. Those all can be conglomerated into the Star Fox archive. I wanted to mention our good friend Foxtype, who's a longtime listener and site contributor. He's the one who helped get some of the original video of Ayano as as a crystal cosplayer. Now he continues to have very difficult health issues and he really needs some encouragement from you guys. I told him that if he'd set up a place and he'd set up a Twitter account that I'd let you guys know about it and so you guys can all follow him and send him words of encouragement and check on his progress and so I'd really like you to do that. You can find his Twitter account at twitter.com slash voltfoxtune. That's V-O-L-P 
F-O-X-T-O-O-N. That's all one word. Twitter.com slash VolpFoxTune. Please check him out and send him a word or two of support. He'd really, really appreciate it as he's going through his surgeries and physical therapy. Ayano is all excited to go to further confusion in 2016, just a week from now, basically. Not only will she attend the convention, but uh, will also spend part of the week touring San Francisco, and she's really excited about that. Now, unfortunately, the Star Fox Command suit that she's been working on, it won't quite be ready for the convention. So it might have to wait until Wonder Festival in February 2016. Now, I just want to reiterate that Brian and a couple other people will be there on my behalf. I won't be there at, uh, at, at further confusion. But they will be there, and they'll be getting whatever footage they can of Ayano. And it should be... It should be interesting to see, same as before. It's just that we're not going to get to see the new suit until a little later. Furry Fiesta, the convention that Ayano and I attended last year, will not have Ayano in attendance because Ayano can only attend one convention of that type per year. Nor will I be there uh, giving a panel as I did last year. However, I do plan to swing by the convention, at least for the Saturday, because a couple of people expressed interest in interviewing me about the Crystal Archive. Still not quite sure where that is, and if, if you would like to interview me about the Crystal Archive or Crystal-related stuff, I'd be happy to do so. At, on Saturday sometime, we can just go in the media quarters and, and have an interview. That's fine. We'll be happy to do it. Otherwise, I'm just going to kind of pop in there for the day, not even going to stay in the hotel because I only live about three hours away. So I'm going to drive up there in the morning, spend the day at the convention, and then drive back Saturday night. Uh, Furry Fiesta 2016 takes place from March 11th through the 13th. But of course, I'll be only be there on the 12th, the Saturday, most likely. And lastly, there are still several hundred emails in my inbox. I have stuff to post, news to talk about, and other things I've been meaning to, to post about for some time, but I just haven't gotten around to it. I need to get that straight this year so that I can get on to the real work, like bringing back the fan art and fan fiction sections and bringing those up to date. And to do that, I need to feel like I've, I've got everything stable and under control, and I can't do that until I get, I get those hundreds of emails out of my inbox. So that's, that's it for the new news in 2016, the first podcast of 2016, episode 37. So with that, we're going to move on to our final section, which is, of course, listener messages and emails. Now this first one is actually a series of back-and-forth emails, so I'll read each in turn. They are a conversation between myself and StarFoxFan2002. So StarFoxFan2002 writes... Are you a furry? I'm assuming you are because of all the conventions and stuff you go to. I responded that, well, mildly. I mean, I've, I like some furry art and crystal, of course, but I'm not a lifestyler, really. StarFoxFan2002 says, oh, okay, because I recently joined the fandom and I don't really know what anyone is talking about. I responded, well, if you don't understand a term, I might be able to help you out and define it for you. StarFoxFan2002 2002 says, yeah, well, I've heard this term called fursona used, and I don't really know what it means. I responded that a fursona is when someone creates a furry alternate persona, a furry versions of, of themselves, often with an animal that they feel represents their personality or maybe what they strive to be. Now, generally speaking, fursonas never look like the person they're based on. They're almost always a more attractive-looking person. Uh, super version of that real person, like their best possible version of themselves. The cyber horse that I use as my icon on Gmail and other places could be called a fursona, although I don't really think of it much that way. It's actually just a drawing that I like that someone made for me, and they tried to make it kind of match my personality a little bit, at least visually. Uh, Star, Fox Fa Star Fox Fan 2002 finished off by saying, okay, thanks a lot. Thanks for that information. So I hope that helped. Next we have a letter from Martin who writes, Hi, Mr. Crystal. I was looking at one of your podcasts, episode 36, where you mentioned how you got the Brawl and Adventures voice clips. 
I was wondering if you still have the rest of the Brawl cameo clips up for download somewhere, like Leon, Wolf, Peppy, etc., as well as the adventure voice clips. There are several rip voice clips on Star Fox Online, but they aren't, there aren't any maps or categories, making it difficult to download the right voice clips for a specific character. Now, if not, could you tell me what software you use to mute all those Lilac Cruz sound effects, except for the dialogue? I responded that yes, I have put up the Brawl cameo voice clips, both just for Crystal and the whole clips with all the characters. I was actually the person who originally ripped the voice acting clips for Adventures for Star Fox Online. Unfortunately, after I left my position as a co-owner of that site, they moved some stuff around and accidentally destroyed some of the file references in the process. Fortunately, I have reconstructed them here, complete with character and location data, and I sent them the link for that, which is sf.crystalarchive.com slash adventuresva, where the first letter in adventures is capital and va is capital. I have finished recording the Star Fox Assault voice acting and sound effects for both the English and Japanese, but I haven't built a page for them yet. What, you, what we have now can be found here, English only, and I sent them a link to the Google spreadsheet. I have not finished recording the following. Star Fox Adventures sound effects, Japanese Brawl Star Fox cameos, English Melee Star Fox cameos, and Japanese Melee Star Fox cameos. Now I asked what, he, what did he want them for? What did he need all these voice clips for? He responded, Martin responded that, that he was thankful for the links and that he's been making an occasional Brawl machinima for a while and mainly relying on text rather than actual dialogue. So having the dialogue straight from Star Fox Adventures and from Brawl would be a really nice improvement. So I hope to see those things, those uh, animations and machinimas very soon. Control-Alt-Remix wrote a rather long comment on the Estelle Ellis interview video. He says, uh, This is very interesting. Hearing from Miss Ellis herself about her role as Crystal and other things, I really was excited to hear at about 30, uh, 35 minutes in when she described Crystal as an artistic masterpiece of, source, of sorts. I have only recently got into the Star Fox franchise, and I do enjoy it a great deal. By far, Crystal is, as a character fascinated me even before becoming a Star Fox fan. Star, uh, Super Smash Bros. Brawl had a huge hand in introducing me to Fox, Falco, and Wolf, and eventually I found out about Crystal. Towards the end of the interview, you asked Miss Ellis about her thoughts about the future of gaming, uh, the future of the gaming industry, and Star Fox. I brought you brought up a rather grim point about. Uh, Star Fox Adventures being cut from the canon, the franchise declined in popularity or for some reason. That ultimately means that Crystal would pay the price, and that is disappointing because it seems so pointless that, uh, that so much effort would have been made to design a memorable and lovable character, ultimately to scrap them after a few worst, cases one, uh, worst case one game. Whether it is because of a reboot or a retcon does not matter. And that is one thing that strongly upsets me about the whole choice made uh, certain companies by certain companies in regards to characters and their stories. In any case, it has been three years since you did this interview. What do you say now about Adventure's prospects of remaining canon? I responded that Star Fox Adventures is still canon, officially and via the fans. I only suggested that as a possibility. Nintendo doesn't seem interested in retconning the Star Fox series at all, considering that Star Fox Command was just re-released. That was my response to him. Now, this podcast is not going to end up being that long. I don't know if you noticed, but I read a lot of what I said because there was no way I was going to be able to talk about the entire year of stuff that happened last year without some kind of extensive notes. So I... I, I was able to read this, and that results in a slightly shorter show, which I hope you have found interesting and information-dense. So with that, we're mostly complete. We just have our final segment, which is, of course, if you have any comments or questions, please don't hesitate to send them to mrcrystal at gmail.com, and I'll be happy to help you in any way that I can. We've celebrated 10 years of the Crystal Archive, and I can't be happier at that accomplishment. I only wish that we could do 
even more. So here's to another 10 years of Crystal Archive goodness, and who knows, maybe even a Star Fox Archive coming soon. With that, I leave you. Please enjoy the rest of your day, morning, evening, afternoon, the month of January, and this glorious new year of 2016. I hope that it is better for you this year than 2015 was. Thanks, and have a great year. Bye, everybody.